Good evening, friend. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's your weekend, Mike? My weekend was pretty good, I think. I got to play some good video games. I watch a few shows, and which is, uh, you know, the last six months has been not the best because I've been so busy, but it's mm. been nice to have that. Like the last couple of weeks, and maybe even this weekend, I have sometimes things are, it's getting cold outside, so mm-hmm. things are slowing down. Did you guys get uh, snow down in Bloomington today? We did. Today we got, we got snow. It was coming down. It was kind of the awful, terrible snow where mm. it's. You know, it was raining, yeah, and then it just got the temperatures kept. I mean, it was like a down curve. You could just see the temperature, just you know, every fifteen minutes going down a degree or something. <laughs> it was crazy. It was like that, you know, uh, at last of Edge of Tomorrow, whatever that that movie was, where it got cold real fast. Uh, day after um, tomorrow. Day after tomorrow. Yeah, it was like that. Um, so it was it was raining here, and then it just slowly started sleeting and nasty, and then it then it stuck, and then it was like kind of fluffy but not really so when i was driving out in it it was big snow but it was wet so when it came right. down it just froze in a big slush balls on yeah. your car yeah um bloomington and southern indiana or i don't know about the rest of southern indiana but bloomington for sure is like right in the band of sometimes there's good you know traditional snow and mm-hmm. but most of the time it's right on the line where snow will fall for a while and then it'll get cold it'll turn into ice and then it'll melt a little bit turn into slush that slush will freeze again it's just right kind of the the sweet spot of of a worst case scenario it is pretty terrible i i know that like in, in northern i don't, I don't Indiana, think i don't think any listeners in northern minnesota or like maine would appreciate me saying that but uh, no when well, it's no, consistently bet- cold and you get past the um, the air being humid. It's this idea of where I'll say that, um, and actually I was talking to my brother, David, who lives down in Florida. I said, you know, how cold does it get in January? Like 50. And he, mm-hmm. he said, it'll get, I think into the low forties, maybe high thirties, but that's probably as cold as it gets. And so you're in a spot there where nothing's going to freeze. It's not going to snow, but there's a sense where, a like 38 degree day can feel colder than a 28 degree day because the, um, there's still humidity in the air. I mean, yes. especially in a place like Florida and you know, it, I'm not a scientist, but water transfers heat or cold, right? It's all heat. Mm-hmm. So um, right, we got some Dr. The, Wizard stuff. Happening. The, Mr. the, Wizard the, stuff. the humid, humidity in the air will transfer heat out of your body faster than a colder dry air will. Right. So that, so today when I'm walking down the street and you can feel it in the air that there is a thicker, it's not that winter. I always tell my kids like it's that winter crispness when there is mm-hmm. nothing and you're, what you're describing is no humidity in the air. It's just like thin air type right. thing. You know, and granted, when that wind hits you, it's like knives at that point. But <laughs> but today, what we had was the like the kind of high humidity, but thick in the air, and it was just awful. It was just awful. You're getting everything with with uh, fog on everything. It was difficult to drive and, or see anything. It was you know it was pretty nasty. So anyway, that that was today, and we got lots of snow. We didn't have any this uh, weekend. It was actually normal November where we had 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this week it's supposed to get down to you know, it snowed 20s. up here uh all day today 
I'm glad that you said, although I don't know that there's a lot that we can say about this, but um, I, I knew that there was a movie I had watched in the last week that we didn't plan and talk about. One mm-hmm. of them was uh, One Fine Day, the romantic comedy with George Clooney and Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, oh. And also uh, Mae Whitman from Arrested Development. May, or who, what, what's she playing in Arrested Development? Who is she? In? She's Michael Sarah's girlfriend, Anne. Oh, okay, Anne. Her question mark. Okay. Right, her. Um, and coincidentally, a couple days before we watched Scott Pilgrim. Oh, that's and funny. I haven't seen that one in a while. That, that I, one, I think I need to watch again. Yeah, I couldn't remember what movie it was. And then you said the cold air was like Knives. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Knives. Knives. Knives Chow. Knives. Um, yeah, Say, so there's a lot in that movie. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty amazing for the first act, for the first third of it. Right. And then... The middle runs kind of long, or yeah. maybe maybe the I end. I can't remember I the, anything after that. The end <laughs> runs kind of long, but it's yeah. We watched it my sis my sisters and I, and the younger one hadn't seen it because um, she was like ten when it came out, and yeah, the the music in it already feels dated, which I guess shouldn't be a surprise. It's almost ten years old. I still dig that soundtrack though. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I have it in Sydney. Sydney hears me randomly. It'll start. You know, like when you start the car up and it plays whatever tracks mm-hmm. on your thing, it'll play like the Sex bob song, you know. Right. Yeah, sex bob One, two, three, four. Um, yeah, I'm just listening to it and I'm like, oh, this is movie. This is music that I didn't realize at the time really is this this window of whatever music decades, like five-ish years, five to ten years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, nobody is that I know of. Nobody is making music quite like this, where at the time there was tons of like, um, you know, Franz Ferdinand and uh, oh, yeah, whatever. All those all those bands, Arctic Monkeys. Right. And, um, well, it, it it's and it's I like its art style is interesting or its mm-hmm. direction, I guess, you know, is is cool in its own way. Yeah, it starts uh, out kind of, of Michael Sarah, but it's he's fine. It starts out kind of strange and comic booky and then takes this weird turn into like full-on video game and you're like my sister was like what what just happened what what's happening right. uh right like is that when he starts fighting uh captain america i think around the, that time he does he does fight captain america at one point uh chris evans but it's and he fights superman like brandon ruth oh yeah yeah brandon ruth it's it's that idea of like a comic book adaptation in the same way that into the Spider-Verse is, but not as extreme. Like, Into the Spider-Verse is crazy yeah. with all of its visual right. effects. This is like, it drops in and out of that from being a, a normal movie. Yeah, there are a ton of people in this. Like, his sister is Anna Kendrick from the Pitch Perfect yeah. movies. Um, the angry record store girl is um, Arby Plaza from Parks yeah. and Rec. Um yeah, there's there's a bunch. I mean, it's like of every other time you're like, oh my gosh, that's oh my gosh, that's <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. And you and I, this was kind of before. Or heck, uh, um, isn't uh, what's her name? That's the the main girl. Um, Ramona is, um, Emma uh, Stone, right? No, no, it's um Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, I don't know that. But she's she's done some other things, but not as she's not as well known as Emma Stone is. Oh, uh, I swear I've seen her in something else, though. She's done... Emma Stone has definitely done movies with 
Michael Sarah. Um, no, I mean I, I was the the Mary Elizabeth person. Uh, yeah, I can't think of what, but I, I think I saw her and I was like, oh, she's, um, you know, in from that show, Winstead. You said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ten Cloverfield. Um, live free or die hard. Maybe it's live free or die hard. I was thinking of. Um, she's maybe going to be Huntress in the Birds of Prey movie. That's not out yet. There you go. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Just you know, randomly I say no. Yeah, there she is. Uh, But anyway, yeah, that's a that's worth a watch again, just because it's so different. And Mm -hmm. Michael Sarah is a weird thing for me because at one point I really liked him and I thought he was awesome. And of course, obviously, Rested Development, right? Um, and then he just is I know everybody says this, but he's the same thing all the time. It's just that mm-hmm. it's kind of oversaturation of that well, one it's, note. It's, it's a very one note. Yeah, it's kind of like what I said about the music of that era. Like Michael Sarah was making movies playing this same character, I feel like several a year for like five years. Yeah. And yeah. and it does his characters don't change or do anything or there's just it's just Michael Sarah, one thing. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like, blah. So when I see that movie, I like all all the stuff about it, but him. And it's just, it's not a bad, they just, they knew what they were getting, I guess. But right. anyway, um, yeah, I, you were talking about, uh, I guess, rom-coms or something you watched. We, I, I, I weirdly watched, um, uh, what was it? You've Got Mail with Sid. We sat down and we're eating dinner. Okay. I'm like, hey, yeah, what, yeah. what she watched? She's never seen that. So that. We watched that one. That movie... Uh, adversely colored my entire expectation of what I thought the internet was going to be like. Oh, and interacting great. with people on the internet. Well, it's pretty great to, to for her to watch it because she didn't know AOL and she, you know she kind of knew sure. what it was, but but not you know fully. And the whole you've got mail thing, and it's hard to put perspective on that. The fact that you know you they actually saw an email or a letter once a day type thing right you know and and then people just got on it and then they would see a you got mail i told her i said it's before spam it's before like you could yeah. log on and you got mail meant that you actually got a letter from someone well right there was mostly there was i mean there was spam before email so you know a lot of those chain oh, letters sure. started out as like faxes and inner office memos and stuff but <laughs> sure, yeah sure, sure yeah i mean it's before it's before phones right i mean people had phones people had cell phones but right. you know the smartphone didn't really happen until 2008 and right. so yeah and whenever that movie was made like 97 96 90, i think it was 93 oh wow that's even earlier than i thought right. uh one fine day was made in 96 and set in new york and so my sister and i kept watching for the world trade center Mm-hmm. in the skyline shots and there weren't very many skyline shots so we never saw it we just saw like ah. the empire state building but probably a lot of like uh interior shots and whatever well that's that show still remains one of if not my favorite romantic show ever it's like it's just gonna it's just kind of a heartwarming thing and meg ryan was always my biggest uh like school boy crush type sure. thing for sure. movie celebrity thing and and watching it like Watching it again, her and him both, just it's the things, the little things that they do for acting, like acting, acting, that mm-hmm. makes you feel like this is a master class. You're seeing people like give ranges of emotions without talking, and there's no dialogue here, and yeah. you totally feel things, anger, madness, sadness, 
sick. You feel all sorts of stuff, and it's just acting. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, this this is great. This is why this is great. And you could put other people in there, and you're not going to have that. Now, uh, I switched after that. Um, Sid got through half of it or something and, and started watching something else. And then I watched uh, started watching Forces of Nature, which I'd never seen. But I thought, hey, Ben mm-hmm. Affleck and uh, uh, Sandra Bullock. I, sure, clearly, I must have missed this. And, I man, I got... 30 minutes into that show and it just felt terrible <laughs> i if i saw that i don't remember anything about it and it sounds like i'm not missing much yeah yeah he i don't even know he's like he's supposed to get married to this girl who's really pretty cute and he loves and she loves him and they love each other mm-hmm. and he's going he's going to meet her on a wedding and like his plane gets goes off the runway or some kind of thing and he has to drive to georgia and obviously he drives with Sandra Bullock. And right. I don't know the rest, but she's like crazy. She's a mess. Of course. I'm assuming they fall in love. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, yeah. I don't know. Romantic comedies are one of those genres where, like, the formula is so closely adhered to. Like, all, all really strong genre films have a formula, whether it's, you know, like... The James like Bond the films <laughs> all fall into a formula. Well, yeah, and the Christmas there's a lot of overlap between Christmas movies and romantic comedies because a lot of them are both, right? right. They're holiday romance, whatever, where there's maybe a little less comedy, a little more, you know, somebody learning the lesson of what another life is or could be. Um right. I call them I call them a Christmas carol in reverse, usually. <laughs> um I'm sure that, you know, Charles Dickens did not invent that genre. I'm sure there's something even further back, uh, right? you know, where somebody gets a glimpse of a different kind of life, either the consequences of their negative actions or whatever, something like that. But the, you know, there are the things that you, almost any romantic comedy, you have to not think about too hard, right? It's oh, of course. Right. It's a little bit like um I mean it's supposed to be just warm-hearted type. Yeah, thing, it's right? it's similar but seems very different from speculative fiction where in speculative fiction you're just accepting that a ship can carry people through space and has artificial gravity which is not a thing that really exists or mm. that there are dragons and magic spells. Instead, you have to believe smaller things like somebody following somebody else through an airport and giving a big speech even though they were a jerk an hour ago is suddenly going to change their mind and they're going to fall in love and ignore whatever happens after that um i mean it's entertainment so yeah there's always there's always that kind of thing but uh that genre particularly is one of those where you have to you have to just accept that like yes this is the formula yes this is what they're gonna do Maybe the right. ending will be a surprise, but it probably won't, especially if you've seen <laughs> a lot of these. Um, well, I, one of the things I, find, I found in romantic comedies, which is a little disturbing, is that a lot of them in their formula has to do with um, cheating mm-hmm. and, 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 and making it seem okay. Yeah. Like that, they, that it's like, oh, you're, well, if you're with a bad person, it's okay to fall in love with someone else. Right. right. Or, or if Or if they don't match your thing and you're going through a rough time and and you find fall across Mr. Right or Mrs. Find right, the right and one. it's meant to yeah. be then then it's you know just break up with the other person and you know it's it's just one of those that feels so weird in the movies that I just mentioned like they're 
together with people that they care about. Even in like you've got mail, they're both together. And the first 30 minutes of the movie is them writing emails back and forth. And today we would call that emotionally cheating. Oh, sure. Where, sure. Well, and, and of course, right? one of the one of the most common and I'll say one of the more nefarious or egregious tropes of this genre is the uh, the hateable spouse. Like I often right. I often use the label shrew from Taming of the Shrew if it's a female right. character, which is probably a little bit offensive to somebody. But you know, like uh, you've got males is a perfect example. Like I haven't seen that in a while, but mm-hmm. I think they both are both of their spouses workaholics. Well, they're not spouses. They're just girlfriends. That's right. That's right. They're, they're significant others. Um, and Meg Ryan's significant other is this guy who's completely self-centered and in love with his typewriter, which is a, you know, real right. like, it's the sort of thing only a, a, a you know, somebody writing a screenplay would, would dream up. And they're clearly, like, the other person is completely wrong for them. In other movies, right. they'll they'll do a thing where, you know, the main girl is about to get married but her fiance is um is like Vince Vaughn and he's openly cheating about on her and bragging about it to his groomsmen and right. that's all for the audience just to make sure that you have no sympathy or or you know empathy for this character who's about to get dumped a day before his wedding so that she can fall in love with Tom Hanks or whoever Right, that's the worst ones. Is that when when they're going, you know, to the to the aisle or something? You're like, at, at no point is it okay to break up with somebody like the day of or the day before or anything <laughs> like that. I mean, right. right? As a person who's been married, this is a thing that takes a long time and a lot of effort and a lot of people. And you know, granted, you don't want to get married if you don't get married, but geez, right. do it. You right. know, it's like, like just, yeah, and they and they very often will make that okay by making the person getting jilted just completely hateable and i'm like yeah okay come on i um this is sort of a funny thing but on the recommendations of two of our friends um i've picked back up uh the cw's the hundred spelled Mm -hmm. with numbers which is confusing to people they're like the 100 the 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 Mm -hmm. 100 um the other one i've been watching um or picked back up is uh marvel's agents of shield there's a long title oh yeah right yeah uh, I, was, I got a little bit into that yeah that's one that i just kind of will fall off of every once in a while um a couple year or two ago um i went back and picked it up again and watched season three where i am now is in season four which is the ghost rider season oh i got through that okay um i'm about eight or nine episodes in so like a third of the way through that Wait, where story. are you where are you in the the sky daisy quake <laughs> progression she's she starts out this season um this is spoilers for mid season three and four agents of shield <laughs> um she starts the season as a fugitive because they've signed the sokovia accords and she's sort of a vigilante but screw those things she can't control her powers they're they're damaging to her body and her arms and Mm -hmm. then she meets uh reyes the guy who's 
Ghost Rider. Um, I forget his first name. Robbie. Robbie Reyes. Robbie Reyes, yeah. Um, and they're just to the point now where um, the guy who's the new director, who's an inhuman, um, okay. has uh, like vouched for her on the news. So now she's officially back and can be part of S.H.I.E.L.D. if she wants to be. That's the okay. episode I just saw, which I think is also the more or less conclusion of the Ghost Rider arc of the season. Okay. They seem to be wrapping that up. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, we knew when that came about that, uh, it was going to be an expensive special effects time. So <laughs> right. Have right. It's for, for around for so much. Um, that's a show. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's just Robbie Reyes otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. That's a show that, um, I think because they do full 24 episode seasons, it's very much like you're watching it and it's okay. It's not bad. There's stuff happening, stuff happening. And then like one thing will change and you're like, okay, this is really, this is really good. This is really interesting. And then it'll be that way for 10 minutes and then a cliffhanger and then, you know, five to 10 minutes of the next episode. And then the rest of it's just sort of, you know, this plotting slow you know they're filling up 24 hours well not not a full 24 because the episodes are 40 minutes long but like yeah 20 ish hours of content and it's just inevitable that a good portion of that is going to be not filler but not as not as dense and action-packed as like a 10-hour game of thrones season right well the it's funny i i thought it was interesting how they went with Robbie Reyes for Ghost Rider. Um, okay. So Ghost Rider is a spirit. It's a basically a demon. Right. And it and it goes into people mm-hmm. for whatever reasons and bargains and things. But yep. Um, yep. as Faustian packs and stuff go. Uh, but uh, the original one, and it's kind of like saying um, they start off with Miles Morales as Spider-Man instead of putting a Peter Parker in there. I see. Right, and so they did Robbie Reyes. I mean, Johnny Blaze is the one that's most known for Ghost Rider. So it always felt to me like, oh, this is like Marvel saying, well, you can have Robbie Reyes. That's a Ghost Rider thing. And, but we want to keep, in case we ever want to do like a Ghost Rider thing, Johnny Blaze. Mm. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, for the it, movie. It felt like, yeah, it felt like I a see, bone. I see. You yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, I can see that justification. I can also see the, you know wanting to have a more diversely represented cast and not if it's not you know a peter parker or a bruce wayne if it's a lesser known character that's maybe been rebooted a couple times like you don't have to go back to who i assume was a white guy from the 50s and 60s uh kind of character but yeah that the the reasoning you gave made sense too like they could have this in the show except Unlike DC or yeah, unlike DC shows, uh, Agents of Shield is part of the MCU. So, well, of course, a Ghost Rider is a character that could very easily leave Robbie Reyes and find the original guy. Yeah, um, to, and that be fine. So, but and you just say like, oh, that's that's not the same Ghost Rider. And yes, Shield is still in our world, Agents of Shield. But blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, we we can do our own thing. Um, so 
Yeah, I, I liked Agents of Shield. It was fine. It just it kind of was a long thing, and you know, at the end there, I started doing the binge watch thing, which we've talked about not always being the, the best, and got tired. Of it. Well, the, the twenty four episodes. Yeah, episodes. I mean, the nice thing <laughs> is sort of a weird thing to say, but the nice thing about a show that's not super action packed, not that there isn't action. I don't. I mean, action in the in the sense of like interesting story. Um, yeah. Is that you can sort of multitask while you're watching it. Yeah, it's, Something to it's have on to, maybe in the background, and then you pay attention yeah. to it when interesting stuff is happening, and then when it's not. That, that show is made to be watched one at a time, once a week. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it. That's what it's made to be watched. You know, and and that's kind of an old thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's we talked about this last week. You know, it could be it can still be twelve episodes for a thing these days, but twelve weeks, but twenty four is a lot. Yeah. Um, this day for the viewing audience. Uh, so yeah, and th- I've been, Oh, one thing I did got to do this weekend too, is I, I, I got to watch, I uh, went and watched the new Maleficent movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, that was good. I, I liked it. I that's liked, a sequel, right? Yeah. I know so the first one was just Maleficent. I can't remember what this one's called. Uh, I mistress of evil. Yeah. I never saw the first one, so I don't know. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I liked it. was with Angelina Jolie, and mm-hmm. she's really good. She's a really good Maleficent. The, sure. the first one was a good Maleficent tale. It was interesting, unlike all the other, like, Lion King remakes or, you know, Beauty and the Beast. This one was definitely not um, Sleeping Beauty. Right. It was a completely different story, kind of like seeing it basically started off with, like, hey, all the tales you've heard from forever, meaning all the Disney shows, mm-hmm. um, were just that they were tales that weren't right the real story goes like this mm. um which is, shows maleficent in a totally different kind of light was it kind of um, like wicked kind of yeah i mean that, i don't know why i asked like that because i haven't seen wicked either so i don't know but wicked's yeah wicked does that wicked yeah it's like wicked i would say like that kind of kind of thing obviously different stories but sure. yes uh so hey speaking to things that we were watching um uh, you want to talk about our our 2020 challenge? Our we movie this week, movie. Such yeah, that's the uh, the the rock and roll thing. I'm just as God made me, sir. Let's let's do it. Okay, so is this is this movie called This Is Spinal Tap, or yes. is it just Spinal Tap? People okay. call it Spinal Tap, but the full title is This Is Spinal Tap. We're obviously talking about This Is Spinal Tap, the 1984. Uh, mock rockumentary by rob reiner so if you haven't seen this and are still interested in us talking about it uh, go watch it and uh and come back so the spoiler is that it's a typical rock band in the 80s trajectory yeah it's all 70s this is kind of it's a little bit like a monty python um, and I didn't yeah. realize this uh, before I watched it. And I didn't either. Full disclosure, I it did not have my full attention while I was watching it. I was also <laughs> doing some boring stuff in WoW. So mostly listening and then every once in a while would look over and see. Because it's a lot of interviews and songs, uh, yeah. most of which you can just hear and, and be fine. I, I watched it in two settings, namely because... When I first watched it, I thought, okay, this is going to be one that I'm really not interested in. I thought it was going to be like a real documentary that <laughs> right. had, but 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 fake and yeah. have like a, a meaning and some kind of 
because that's it, it was clearly on this list to have some kind of like poignant thing to say about society or whatever and i thought okay it's gonna be one i'm gonna have to pay attention to or something so i'll watch it in two sittings and then i realize it's kind of a comedy it is a comedy yeah and it's then, it's mostly yeah. it's mostly improv so i think they would just you know roll film on them doing and saying stuff for hours and then edit together the funniest parts that that made up a a cohesive ish story Right. I, so, so I realized, like I said, about I don't know, a half hour into it that, that, okay, then, you know, I'm, I'm actually gonna go to sleep now and I'll, I will watch the rest of this and a thing. So I did, I did give it my atten- full attention on both times. Um, because the first time I thought I had to, and the second time, because now I knew it was a comedy. Yeah. Um, but, um, it's still weird. I'm going to go at the final decisions. I'll, I'll jump ahead on this one a little bit and say that I'm not going to put this on my bucket list. Not because it's terrible. I just, I don't, I didn't know what it was. And it had moments that I, I chuckled sometimes. I think there were even a few where I laughed out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just kind of weird, but not in a bad yeah. way. Not in a quite, if I, I you said the words Monty Python, like it's not that, like Monty Python, I laughed out loud at, at the absurdity of some things. This was not right? as, um, well, and I don't want to say it's unintentionally funny. Um, but, but I know what you're going for on that phrase. It's it's more like Monty Python was all, like some of Monty Python was trying to say something, but not really. It's like in the way that SNL tries to say something, maybe even less so. Um, it's just, you watch Holy Grail and you're like, yeah, all the peasants were covered in, you know, feces all the time. That's, and they looked gross and that's how it was. It was not, you know, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, Yeah, right. And, and and they're, and they're walking around like clumping coconut things. So, you know, right there that it's (laughs) it's not supposed to be. So this one, this one went back and forth between, is it? Is it supposed to be a documentary? And then clearly on other parts, no, it's not. You know, Right, right. It's this kind of like all of it. Well, I don't know about all of it. Most of it felt like it could be real. Right. Yeah. And I most of it. Yeah. And most I of it. and I think there are there are accounts of actual musicians trying to watch this and going, I can't. This is too. It's too real. Like the <laughs> the story such as it is such as it is is tragic um yeah you know you've got this you've got this band in the 80s that the the core of it started in the 60s kind of beatles era and then transitioned kind of like um you know rolling stones into what they were where a lot of their music sounded like some some bits ACDC, some bits Rush, some bits um, Jethro Tull. Um, a lot of that, like, late 70s, you know, this movie was made in 84. So it's this kind of like they're moving into the 80s. So the culture's changing and they're just hanging on to this thing. They're getting second billings everywhere they go. They've got okay. fans screaming, but they're you know, a fraction of the fans they had before. And they establish yeah. a lot of that stuff. I feel like pretty early on in some of the interviews. Yeah, and, and they, and they, they're doing some couple things that, that you expect, like 
clearly they're, they're trying to, to harken back to uh, like Yoko Ono and breaking up the band right. and, and how that works. Right. Which, which that's the part, like things like that makes you feel uncomfortable in its truthfulness, I guess. In the yeah. fact that it's like, that's like, it's uncomfortable because it sounds dumb and they're being really dumb, but it's, it, I can see things like that in real life. That's exactly how it happened. As dumb as that. Right. Right. It had to have been a band group in a uh, band in a group meet band meeting, and then someone saying, "I think that my girlfriend should do this thing." Yeah. And everyone, everyone having the tense moment in the room, and you're like, "This is terrible." Yeah. Because this is this is true, which makes it kind of not a comedy, but it's funny enough because it's it's uncomfortably yeah. funny. Yeah. Right. You're like, this is just dumb but oh my god this is true Mm -hmm. but not really right which that's that's the charm in a lot of this movie is that it's dumb and sometimes it goes overboard well and the the other part of the comedy is the music um which all of these these main three actors um are actual musicians and and play these songs but the lyrics for the songs is just like you know it's it's 84 right we're moving right into the moral the rise of, of moral culture with Reagan and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff in the U S and they're just like celebrating the, the crude, like almost obscene lyrics of this, of this era of music in a way that is so much less subtle than any of the actual music was. Right. I mean, not all of it, but the stuff that actually made it to the radio and whatever you would get something that was at least a little bit of a metaphor like um acdc's you shook me all night long right like it's still it's still thinly veiled um where this stuff uh was just um just overt and it's worth saying exactly yeah the the uh my favorite part of the entire movie was when uh, the main guitar soloist was, he, I think he was talking about like he even said like my my creative expression is my solos. His solos, and, and he started. They show him doing solos, and at some point he pulls out like a violin <laughs> and starts strumming his guitar with the violin, and then he he tunes the violin. In the, <laughs> I I literally laughed out. Oh, loud. that was so like, dumb. I almost joked at that one because. Like, like this whole movie was like, oh, it's not even, it's only so, so funny. And then like a few moments like that came and I was like, okay, that, yeah, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> that was real good. Um, and I, and I'm never going to forget that scene from no one else has done stuff mm-hmm. like that before. I mean, I've seen like, you know, sure. Funny things where people bash guitars into things and go off the hook, but like that one was great. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and then sometimes they went, like I said, super overboard where you could see the, the military guy who was, you know, kept calling them the wrong thing. And like, we really love love you guys. I mean, your rock and roll genre type things. Mm-hmm. And then they play in a, in a, a, you know, I don't know, a high school gym or something. I mean, it, it goes over the top a little bit there. But you know it. I mean, you know, that's what this at that point, the show is kind of spiraling into this weird well, just, and no, and you know that that no. kind of stuff happens. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but uh, the band Sister Hazel from the mm-hmm. '90s they'll play at the Bluebird in Bloomington. Yeah, right. I, like I, I, they'll go right. on tour. They had one song. It was a huge, like, 
a probably chart-topping hit in whatever that was in the 90s. And now they're, you know, they've faded into obscurity where they can come play a show in a small town in Indiana and they're, you know, they don't draw a bigger crowd than a, a Journey cover band. Yeah, I say I I remember the last band I saw at the Bluebird here in Bloomington was uh, Third Eye Blind, mm. and and I remember they were they were big, and then they played here, and I rem- I do remember now that you mentioned them coming in and feeling completely stunned that they were playing in this little place. Yeah, like like if anybody's been to Bloomington and been in the Bird, it's pretty cool. It's a cool place where you get right up on stage with bands, and it's right in your face kind of things. But, um, but you're going to fit like, has. like 300 people in there. Yeah, and that's maybe. And that's packed shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, right. Fire it's, it's a definitely kind of. small. So so they, they got up on stage and they were clearly and obviously stunned that they were playing in this little bitty place. And I think the first thing they said was, you know, this is the smallest we have ever played ever for anything. Mm-hmm. And they were like, even when we be- went back to like high school or something. And and then they and the guy the lead guy was like so we'll just go with it and see how it goes all right let's play mm. and then they played so it was kind of like a little bit of an insult but they were just playing anyway um, but I can get that now that when they get booked for a place they don't know what it is their manager books them and then they just show up but I I don't know I'd I'd almost if I was like those guys on Spinal Tap I would just be like we're not playing this like I would rather quit the band instead of playing for a high school gym right and then you you get the sense that for these core guys they've been doing this for they say the time it's like 20 years or um like it's their whole life it's all that they know and so they they just keep doing it like it doesn't matter Uh, oh the 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 line the through line with the the uh, drummer always dying to was great (laughs) like like it the the drummer that they have there in the whole movie dies in like a frame and then it's a new drummer. Yeah. Did you Just see at that? Just like, at the very end of the movie. Yeah, like it, like an explosion happens in a second, and then the next frame is another concert and another, and they're introducing a new drummer guy. Well, and the <laughs> and the framework of the two the two main guys and the third guy is straight out of the Beatles, right? Like it's right. if they all three survived and were into this, um, and the band stayed together, but it now shifted up genres a couple times and you know now they're this thing they've got the two super creative guys and then they've got the third guy um i'm not gonna remember anybody's names but i don't remember any um, names right who's clearly the uh, uh the george harrison character right and the drummer thing is not not that obviously but um right. and the same thing with uh with the girlfriend and that, like, that's the Yoko um, sort so of bad. story that they're telling, but but not really. Um, right. Like, like as soon as the introducer was pretty funny, too. It's like he's on the phone and he's like, she says that my larynx sounds fat. I think I mean, she says I'm eating too much sugar or something. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, do I sound different? I sound yeah. different, don't I? Like, oh, God, you know where this is going. Well, yeah. Anyway, it was it was. It was interesting. I it was great that Rob Reiner was like the writer director was also like he was the interviewer. He was on the, the fake show. director with his uh right. They said his name, Marty DeBergi DeBergi <laughs> is it's a combination of Martin Scorsese, 
Brian De Palma, Steven Spielberg, and Federico Fellini. That's funny. Just like merge up the syllables of of the names to right. make this. Fake. I mean, I, I mean, they they just they just uh, could tell that he 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 made this was like kind of a thing of love. Like he he just loved making it and doing it and writing it, and it felt just. It didn't feel like he was really saying anything. Like that—that that was my biggest surprise. Yeah, is that I thought he was trying to say something, but everything that was said in that movie, people knew. It wasn't something. It wasn't a big political point or no. anything, or trying to make a movement. It just was what it was, and he liked it and wanted to have a movie that was like the closest thing to that is the stuff about the album cover. Um, but even that is is also extreme and tongue in cheek right. that. Um, the cover was so good. You're yeah. like, yeah, obviously they needed to change this because the stores weren't going to sell it because it was offensive. Like it had yeah. nothing to do with uh, politics or anything else. Like they were moving into the 80s and they were still doing a, and then like them trying to understand it. And they're like, there's this album that's like this. And they get the album that's black and <laughs> the black like, album, right? A, you know, a couple of them try to try to roll with it and the other ones are like what is this, is this a joke is this this isn't real <laughs> at right? one point that's when the guy finally is he's like look at you guys you're all just accepting this it's like a thing that you <laughs> thought you, you had yeah oh god yeah yeah the the the, the black album was great I, my favorite character was definitely the 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 bassist like he he was the the neutral mm-hmm. chill guy yeah and uh he he kept um Oh, what is it? My favorite is the outro interview. Is like, what would you be doing if you didn't have rock and roll? He's like, spending time teaching children. <laughs> <laughs> like he'd be productive in society, right? Or they like, and or the lead guy is like, I'd be a, a salesman of some sort. I, I can in do the that. Shops. Like, so, in the shops. So like, so 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 would you do that if we offer you a job now? He's like, I don't know. Oh, What's the hours? What are the hours like? <laughs> what <are> the hours? <laughs> yeah, and so. Let's. Uh, I mean, it leaned heavily at the end. There, it leaned heavily into comedy. We'll we'll move into final judgments here. I mean, I think <laughs> yeah, this. Right. After hearing all of the the quotes and stuff over the years, that goes to eleven. Or the one I didn't realize a quote is something Merlin Mann says every once in a while is, "I'm just as God made me, sir," which is <laughs> just the, the guy me. in the hotel. Um, in the hotel. Just little little around. throwaway lines like that that you you latch onto over the years, but. Um, Would they try to get seven people in one room instead of one room for seven like, people? Yeah, it's one room on the seventh floor instead of seven room, rooms, and they've got fourteen it, people. Um, right, right. I expected it to be more straight comedy. I did not expect it to be as tragic as it was. And maybe yeah. in 1984, it wasn't as tragic as it seems now. You know, almost 40 years right. later, 35 years later. Right. Um, but just yeah. that idea of like. I mean, because we have we have musicians. There are still musicians now who were, you know, like the Rolling Stones guys or whoever that were like, they're, you know, their big, uh, you know, peak of of stardom was fifty years ago, and they're still playing shows and, um, whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean anything by that. It's just like an, another couple decades have gone by since this was made, and I, that probably adds to some of the the tragic comedy of it. Right. Um, so do, do, um, so in final, final judgment here, this, I was thinking of of your, what I would ask you here all day today. I was thinking like, what genre is he going to try and put this one in to say it would be on? <laughs> like, what, 
I mean, at some point you're going to be like, this is too specific of a genre to, I mean, I, I didn't even know what, what this would fit into for that. Cause I, I was trying to contemplate whether I would, I mean, nothing, where I, why I would put this one on my list. Nothing of, gets more, nothing. nothing gets more specific than, uh, than Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, <laughs> I, I had a thought about this cause I was explaining sort of what we've been doing with these movies stuff to Andrew this last weekend. Cause he came down and we helped a family move Saturday. Um, and thinking about the idea of what a bucket list really is, <laughs> it's it's always funny to me. Like we have to we have to have this kind of analytical <laughs> conversation about this almost every week, um, right? And like, is a bucket list something you make for yourself or somebody else makes and and gives to you? I think it's more the former. Yeah, that's and that's what we we said, and that's why the question comes to you is that like, does this belong on your bucket list? I mean, I think for 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 you to for well, no, I mean it's for you to make so that you could give to someone else and say it's tricky because if if I'm making a list for someone else, then it's only going to be movies I've seen where there are a lot of things on here that I haven't seen. So maybe it becomes the like, once you've seen it, does it? does it go on the list that I would recommend somebody else? Yeah. That, that's what I was going with here is that now that you've seen, because we're watching somebody's list and they're, they've passed it on to us as one person or a committees of people have given us this poster and mm-hmm. we have taken this poster. And now we are deciding is if these movies would go on something that we would have, you know, for to pass on to the next people, you know, mm-hmm. th- these, th- these don't, in our, your, and my different lists, opinions, isn't isn't worth it. I would not include this one. I would not pass this on to another friend and say, you have to watch these 100s. And this wasn't all my list. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think for me, I have to, I have to think that I, being in my late 30s, am probably toward the end of of the demographic of a person who can appreciate this movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Like sure. if, if I've got like, I don't know, my, my youngest brother is 25, I think um, maybe 24. And I'm like, he could probably watch it because he grew up watching stuff with me and, and the siblings in between, like, he, I mean, he watched stuff that kids his age watched, but he was just telling me, like, he has a friend his age who is the oldest of his, like, I was friends with his dad. His dad was older than me, but not a lot. Right. Um, and, you know, so he's like, hey, have you guys seen this? Like, this is a classic I saw when I was a kid. No, they've never even heard of it, right? Because it's something that his older siblings watched. I feel like he could appreciate it, but he's a little bit of an outlier. Like your average 20 year old who is, you know, an only child or one of the older children in their family is probably not going to get this. Like this rock and roll culture thing is it's gone. I mean, this is 35 years ago. Right. Um. So I think. In in this box where you would call maybe uh, 
improv comedy. I mean, we've already got Monty Python. Um, <laughs> All right. I think, I think you'd have an easier time connecting a, a younger person with um, a Mel Brooks movie, which there are no Mel Brooks movies on this poster, tragically. Um, right. Or if you call the label, um, you call the genre box uh, music, musician comedies if somebody is a musician then i'm going to recommend them to see this like <laughs> un, uh, if they somehow haven't now you're it. really making your list into different people even. it's not <laughs> even just I'm, the categories it's the people I, i'm just saying that's that's the one reason that i would leave this on here but if you do want to have a music um a music movie in here i there's there's cer- certainly something else i could think of i don't know about off the top of my head um but something that hits some of these same boxes without being as uh you know uh what's the word i'm looking for i don't know dated i guess is the best word right i, I mean, mean it really fits into a specific time it it really does the the i i obviously wouldn't put this one I had said it earlier on in the in the spoiler section that this is not one that I would put on my list, not because it's bad or that it's saying it's just an okay, it's just an okay, you know, film that had you know funny moments at times, uh, but I don't know if that justifies you know one hundred of the best movies that that have been through all time that people should watch before they die. Like I, I couldn't see that again. In specific circumstances, every movie could be on some list at somebody for some person. But for <laughs> but right, I mean, really, there's like a there's a kid who wears goggles and he has one arm and he went to private school and this there for this movie is on his top 100. I, but in general, for me, this is not one that I would en- I enjoyed enough to be you know 100 movies that I enjoyed the most. Mm-hmm. Right, so definitely would not have been in this one. It, it's it's a good movie, and it's fine if you if you like rock. This is the Fox thing. If you liked uh, um, rock and roll movies about the eighties, then it's great. You know, yeah. It, it, I still you, don't even know if it would sit in your top one hundred. It's just a good movie about that. Yeah, if you're a fan of what people used to call classic rock and what I still call classic rock, if you like um, music and rock and roll from the 60s 70s and 80s then you've probably already seen this but if you haven't you'll you'll like it it's funny it's a fake documentary there were as far as i know there were none before this and none that do this in the same way um i mean it's like the rock and roll movie version of the office yeah i guess that that's true uh so except actually improv and not scripted the way the office is so we're going to do a little bit this next week i'm off schedule i know we're, we're getting more and more where we do that as a, a norm these days instead of you know uh the exception or the whatever so and uh we're not going to do uh no country for old men which is on our next on our list um what were we de- do we decide we were going to do which movie seven samurai seven samurai right it's a long one but neither of us have seen it right I started watching it once and and didn't get all the way through. I don't remember why. I probably was tired or, some, now, you know. If I'm not busy. mistaken, this is subtitled, right? I believe so. It's um, Kurosawa. So, so 
we are going to have to pay attention. Both of us. <laughs> right, I mean, we're going to have to really. Right. And then it's a long one that we have to pay attention to. So that's a quite a little bit of investment. Yeah, I, it's an I, epic. I, epic samurai thing. I have heard that this is one of those movies that everything kind of kind of springs from, or other other movies find influence in. By, you find know, inspiration and in, yeah, like and stuff. Uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, or a handful of others. Right. So they say, you know, th- this is like a Kurosawa film, or a from like Salmon Seven Samurai. So I'm. Um, I'm I'm interested to watch this one. You know, I don't know much about it besides what you just said. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll have to. This will give you a good and little honest review, I think, um, from a thing. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, cool. Um, and then at some point this week, uh, Mandalorian comes out, so we'll watch oh, that. Goodness, and that's right. Yeah. Talk about that first episode. Yeah, a little that's bit. Like two days or something. I got to watch that one. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Mandalorian. Um, something I've been wanting to hit, hit you with for a while, and it's just a little, I just don't want to spend too much on this little segment, but something I, I okay. read was kind of interesting and cool. I thought you might find interesting. Uh, you know how Disney parks opened up their star world, star Wars world, right? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, they call it galaxy's edge. Um, and they've done a pretty big thing of trying to make it at Disney does this in general is that trying to make it immersive, so you, you go into a space and yeah. all of the uh, people, staff members who work there are dressed up in in the theme of the area. They speak yeah, like the, the theme of the area. The parks have always been uh, immersive. Right. And, and and they're always really fun that way. Um, so this one is, is even even more so. It's it's the 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 staff members are requested to come up with their own characters backstories and to have and to to spend time like they can walk around and take uh Sabacc, which is a uh um Star Wars card game and they can take it and ask people always have something on hand like one of the a deck on hand and ask people if they want to play and then they can pull them to the side and play at a picnic table and stuff and they'll even have like republic credits to give people <laughs> it's just one of those it's the whole world's kind of very immersive they have all the props in the park have backstories and like even hang things hanging on the walls and every building, every little thing hmm. has a reason that I recently pulled. Well, a couple months ago, I started pulling. Um, there's a galaxy's edge comic book, star Wars from Marvel. And okay. it, I was like, ah, I'll, I'll see it. It's only a five issue limited thing. And it had, it's a little story, but the real crux of the comic book was that, um, there's this, um, it takes place in, I think Baku or things we call it, which is the, the city of in galaxy's edge in the, the park. And okay. it's, it's a city that is half controlled by Imperial and half by rebel. And okay. there's a, like a tavern or an antique shop type place. And when you go in there, this, this owner of the shop has these antiques all the way through. And every issue was about, a specific item and its history and how he got it. Um, and how he, and it has to do with something like he contracted Han Solo to get it and Chewbacca and they got this, you know, thing. So when you go to the park and you actually see that thing, you know what it is and how it got there. Mm. And it's a trophy on the wall, more than just like a, an extra cool little thing. Is, is it a thing you can buy in the gift shop? I, that I don't think so, but (laughs) you know, they have lots of other stuff to buy. Um, 
so anyway, uh, they have even things like to buy a, uh, a lightsaber, you have to schedule a time and they only sell so many a day. And it's a whole theatrical thing. Like you go through a, mm. a walking stage show type thing where you have to pick your stuff and then you manually build the lightsaber and put the crystal in and with the crystal. Yeah. You put, you put it into like a, a, there's a Jedi ceremony, which the eight of you who you're in this group will sit around and have to place the, place the lightsaber down and laser beams come from the sky and hit your crystal and make sure thing glow. <laughs> it's supposed to be very, very cool. Anyway, the the whole point of this is that the the place is super immersive, right? It's they really go out of their way to do it. And yeah. some of these people who are really huge Star Wars fans, uh, like Star Trek fans, anybody who else has these rabid kind of stuff, um really have sunk their teeth into this thing. And I read recently where one couple was they were they're in their late 40s or something so and they were mm-hmm. really excited about this. They were excited about it for a long time. They've always cosplayed stuff. And the the couple put this blog about their adventures on what they were going to try to do and their and their how they made their costumes and stuff. And evidently, Disney has very strict rules about cosplaying in Disney. Like, you know, sure they they don't want people to think you can't dress up as Cinderella because people they want people to think you are actually Cinderella. Yeah, and, you know, stuff like that. Um, so they made their costumes look like rebel costumes, like, like they were, but not too much, right? Like it's something you could believably kind of wear today. And, Mm -hmm. um, they got stopped as they were in the park. Like as they walked in the park, they were told that the employee's entrance was over there and they're like, no, we're not. Mm. And then the the (laughs) ticket person said, okay, well we have, they had to have them checked. And they had a right. person come over and make that sure that like judge them whether that was a costume or not. And they were like, because one guy had goggles on, like he had goggles on his head. And he's like, okay, yeah. take the goggles off and you're fine. Um, hmm. But then they went in there and I guess they, they like they brought with them like money that like metal money that they had made Republic credits and stuff. Okay. Uh, they had ID badges and for themselves Uh and then they would walk around and they would interact with, they just spent the whole day in this one park and they would interact with staff. Staff members would come over and talk to them and they would talk in character back and forth to the, the staff members. And I guess the staff members just ate it up sure, and, and gave them all sorts of stuff. Like they would role play a bit where they would say like, you know, Hey, have you been over and seen where Han Solo is going to, I've heard that the rogue, you know, rebel Han Solo was here and he's going to take over a thing. And he's like, no, he's like, well, he's hiring people for a mission. And then they gave them like, they told them to go see this other staff member, which they had their in character name and tell mm-hmm. them that they sent them. And then they walked over. It's basically letting them skip the line. Okay. You know, because they can do that. Staff members are allowed to just yeah, yeah. do that occasionally. And they played games. And then the, um, these this couple would give out actual like credits to people and they're like, no, we can't accept. They're like, no, here's just like our, our little tip for you type thing. So it was kind of neat. And they, there was their day and they left and they just had this great adventure. Like they lived and role played in star Wars, hmm. which was kind of neat. You know, that's their, their ultimate way to spend a day in the world of star Wars, uh, which is pretty neat. I thought, you know, that, yeah, that's cool. You, you, it's like being able to spend a day on the, you know, NCC 1701D or something, you know, just, Mm -hmm. you would just sit there and, you know, wouldn't you want to dress up like a, you know, an ensign or something and. Right. Yeah. 
and go through the motions. That'd be kind of cool, right? Yeah, it's like when they did. Um, there's a there's a fan series that's doing new original series era episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and, I think I heard about this. Yeah, yeah they they did kickstarters, and I followed it for a little while, but um, none of the actors got paid. Like they they volunteered their time. Oh yeah, and you know they had all the extras in the background and stuff and i'm sure they had no problem at all getting volunteers to right. you know come and wear starfleet uniform and you know be in the back of a shot or whatever right cuz you just kind of wanted to do that right just for cuz it's fun yeah yeah well the uh disney's also doing a another thing that people are giving mixed pre-reviews to is that uh they're having a they're building a um Star Wars theme hotel that's attached to it. Hmm. Um, and it's, but they're, it's not really a hotel. They're called, they're billing it as an experience. What it is, is um, it's like $1,500 for five days. Um, and what it okay. is, is you don't really leave the place. It's the, the hotel is supposed to, when you go in, you are checked into a rebel or Imperial ship. Hmm. And the, the, um, the windows and such look like you're in a starship. So you can, you can check out any time you like, but you can never. But leave. you can never leave, right? And and it's supposed to be one of those uh, like escape room type things where like at three o'clock there's an attack on the ship and you're part of the mm. crew and you get your family gets a mission log or something, um, and then at some point in one or two of the days your ship quote unquote lands on Baku and you go out into the park. So it's and you have to go get things in the park type thing while you're there. Um, I see. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Disney's saying it's like this ultimate Star Wars fan experience type thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You live five days as a member of the rebellion. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of neat. Expensive, but still kind of neat. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what a normal hotel room rate is in Orlando, probably getting close to $300. So, well, I think it's like $15 a person, I think is what it's supposed to be. Ah. So, it's like I mean, that's that's what they're saying. They haven't built the thing yet, but that's what they were. Yeah, I mean, definitely expensive. I wouldn't necessarily call it super expensive in the right. world of Disney parks. Right. I think but I think yeah, we're yeah, going, I get what we're you're going saying. for Christmas and I think we're getting the cheap bargain bin rooms and there's something like <laughs> 220 220 a night. So gotcha. that, that, you know, five days, that's a thousand bucks right there. I, you know, granted it's for family of two we're having, but still. Sure. Yeah. It, it's just neat that, you know, that how Marvel and Disney takes a thing and makes it bigger than, you know, what it's granted. Poor people couldn't go to that ever. And- yeah. I mean, when I was in college, I remember reading a little couple chapters in a book or whatever about uh, Walt founding uh, the original Disneyland in, in Anaheim and, how they had the the five segments the like tomorrowland and mm-hmm. whatever the wild west one was called and um and right. how they were separate like you couldn't be in in tomorrowland and see any of the wild west stuff right um and that's what i mean when i say it's always been immersive right um and so yeah, that makes sense. My my family, because my um, brother and sister-in-law are expecting their first 
maybe right around Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing Christmas like in February sometime. I'm hoping that it doesn't uh, conflict with ICG Con. Oh, but, right. You uh, said that, yeah. We'll see. And so we're going, um, we're all going down to Florida where David and his family are. are um, and they're talking about how far we're going to be from Disney. And I couldn't help but think of we, you and I talked about this last week off the air. Like, hey, did you guys know that Disney makes like $7 million a day off its parks? <laughs> a day, right. <laughs> they don't mess around. Yeah. That's, that's their, uh, it's their wow subscription. Like all their other departments are are just barely profitable because the parks are subsidizing. The parks that. are ridiculous. Yeah, it, our listeners Dennis and I last night just decided to do or not last night last time decided to do a uh, I can't remember what conversation was but a random check on how much Disney makes on their different things and their parks are ridiculous amounts of money. Like yeah, the profits are crazy, which is great. I mean the profits because it's I mean it's operating costs, but the operating costs probably don't compare to like making a movie and then hoping it does well. Exactly. Well, you know, to people who can get upset and say that like, well, it's, you know, it's, it's for the rich or not everyone can go. It's too expensive. And you know, it's, they overcharge and oh my God, it's $120 a day for a ticket, which it, it's unaffordable for families. I, I get that. And I understand that. That's, I, as, that's true. And it's always been true. It's always been true. Now, the, the other side to that was like, again, I was a poor kid and uh, I always wanted to go to a place, not necessarily Disney, but to a cool place. Mine was like, um, always wanted to go to Gen Con or I always wanted to mm. go to, um, uh, there was, The Wizard was a show with Fred Savage. I always wanted to go to like the Super Mario Brothers World Championships. You know? mm. The thing is, is that, yeah, those things are expensive, but you, if you have a place that you can dream, like a goal that I want to get someday to somewhere, helps drive you forward to get that kind of a thing. Someday I want to save up to go mm. there or do this thing. If it's like five bucks, then you go there and it's not really a dream. And also you don't get very good stuff, right? <laughs> right, right. right. But anyway, so I, I'm I get that, and you know maybe someday I'll never be in that like VIP suite in in Hawaii or anything. But you know, I could dream. I mean, just to put my own, I don't I don't know about that reaching for your dreams part of it, but just from a from an economics, I'm going to say capitalist, even though we don't talk about politics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of people working in those parks who get to who get to you know, they're like that couple doing the Star Wars thing, except they get to every day, you know, uh, some some lady gets to go to work every day, dress up as Snow White, and inter- interact with kids and laugh and have fun and work her dream job. Exactly. Um, right. And that's that's something. It's not, you know. Yeah, and they, not, they have... Not, they it's have... not world peace, but it's not... No, uh, it's not terrible. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, the, it's not they... buying avocados from from uh warlords or <laughs> right. anything we, we have uh um i always thought it was neat when we went to epcot that they actually have like they for lack of a better term ship in international people to be to staff like they have mm. they have international type educational internship type things with other places where you can come and um like, you mean they're shipping us, shipping people over to take our jobs? To take our jobs. They're, it's like, uh, I don't know, like from Norway, they'll have people, like students, high school kids who are from oh, Norway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you'll come over for the summer and you 
get to do take classes and internship with the art department, let's say, but your t- your job job is staff in Epcot in Norway, mm. right? As a sales clerk, right? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, right. So that's part of the whole internship program is that you you get something and then there's room and board included and stuff. But it's kind of a neat thing that they that's part of their thing. Yeah, and they've for a long time had um, whatever that school. There's a art school in Southern California that's basically a a training employment funnel for the main Disney animation uh, studios and and stuff like that. Like they're doing the whole stack, kind of like well, we need you know when they were doing animation by hand, like we need animators. Let's you know start a school and bring people through and then they have jobs like it's a good whole stack uh solution to you know the things that they need and the jobs for the people that can that can be trained to do those things right i mean when people really look at at disney and really look at and try to wrap your head around at all what goes on at that company it's impossible i mean there's no yeah there's no no one person who could possibly even like the ceo of disney can't wrap their head around all of the things right no no it's just it's it's overwhelming overwhelming um yeah. how a company can get that and to think seriously like they say it began with a mouse type thing that, that it was <laughs> one guy started a thing that just snowballs forever yeah you yeah. know type thing it's it's kind of cool um so anyway um hey i want to talk a little bit about video games in the time we got left here um I want to actually ask you, since you, you were... You want to talk mis- about that or Black Friday? Ugh. You're we don't really me, have man. time for You both. know where I was going for here. I was going for your review of Hearthstone, the, the Battlegrounds. Um, okay, all right. Real quick, Black Friday. That's, that's probably going to happen around the time that, that we're going to publish this here, or close to it. Mm-hmm. You got anything that you're, you're really uh, looking for? I know Black Friday is that time when you can, like... Splurge a little bit more. Maybe you don't buy something you don't need, but you think so. In the last, um, the last year, I bought a Windows laptop that was a good chunk of cash. Mm -hmm. Um, I quote unquote upgraded to the full size iPad, the ten inch iPad. Um, The one I have works works fine. It's an Air two, so it's not like that's what I got. 15 2016 for the things that i use it for which is mostly watching netflix and stuff it more than adequate unless there's a really good deal um i might look for an affordable mac laptop that i can use for work because i don't have a mac laptop anymore macbook Mm -hmm. um but again that's that's not a necessity um not that I'm really looking for necessities of Black Friday. It's usually right, right. TVs, entertainment stuff. But I don't know. Some people do that. The and I probably one of those that won't buy a thing. Let's say halfway through the year until Black Friday. Yeah, I mean there are a couple little things that I might look for. I've been thinking about switching to a um, a wireless mouse. Um, I might look for airpods or some equivalent other mm-hmm. wireless the ones i have work okay uh they're you know the two separate earbuds but they're kind of top heavy and so if i'm over at my house working and i move around too much they start to fall out right um but there's nothing like i don't need a tv 
I'm not looking at game consoles. Yeah, um, yeah. I might for the first time look for some more uh, some media to buy so that I can um, rip it and and put it on my Plex server. Yeah. Um, I just say that that's something I always do, and I, I'll probably continue to do. It gets less and less every year as the my back catalog gets filled. Like there, <laughs> I've gotten every you know Star Trek, I've gotten yeah, every yeah. Predator, Aliens movie. So I've, those those are things that often I can fill my back catalog with. Mm-hmm. Um, also, some of those things I'm okay with keeping them on Netflix, even though they go away. You know, sure. some things they are, but. Um, I do. I, I, I'm still, a, I keep things on my Plex server so that I can watch them. And I, I buy the most at Black Friday, but I think that's going to be less. There's really, last year I was really scraping to get, you know, should I buy this thing or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and I haven't, especially now that the Disney plus is coming and I, you know, as we were just saying, Disney has most of the things I watch, um, right. whether it be kids stuff or like star Wars and uh, Marvel stuff. And Disney isn't shutting off their library. It's not like Netflix where they, where they, you know, this could go away. Rotate stuff in and out. Yeah, That's my biggest thing with Netflix is the reason I still buy things is because, well, yes, Star Trek is on Netflix, but is it always when yeah, I want to watch it? The I stuff watch that's it. not original, like they're not, the, the rights holders are not signing stuff away to Netflix in perpetuity. Yeah. And yeah. I know I, there's been times when I wanted to watch Return of the King and I went to Netflix and it's not there. Right. You know, and like, okay, now I got to go downstairs and get it, which I can do that. I can actually do that. I can go downstairs and grab my DVD Blu-ray and put it in. But if I didn't, I'd not be able to watch it. Yeah. Disney's not going to have that problem because they're always going to have their stuff. So I don't have to buy a Disney thing. Right. Right. I don't have to have that. So that's going to be something on Black Friday that I'm Yeah, so for me, you know, I'm going to look through the ads. I'm going to see if anything jumps out at me. Um, yep. You know, if I have the the potential for a, some major, I don't know, I'm saying major life change. Like, that's a dramatic thing. But if I move in the next year, mm-hmm. um, there might be different things that I'm looking for. Um, I might start looking at kitchen stuff again as the prospect of having my own kitchen opens up again. Um, Oh, right. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. We'll just see, but I've not, I've not been thinking about it or, or looking at stuff too much. So, I mean, that's, that's something I just, yeah, just realized like if this next year is the year that you're going to move, you know, that stuff is really great. Like I know I never hardly ever buy that stuff, but man, you know, utensils and things like that are always on sale i bought a uh i bought an instant pot on prime day mm-hmm. and just either i i might have actually used it once before but i used it yesterday sunday we made um my sister bought like 20 pounds of ribs wow um and it was late in the day you know we had a couple hours to make dinner she was and wanting ribs Normally, I mean, it's my dad's birthday. And so she had this whole meal of stuff. Everything involved a little bit of whiskey, which is funny, the like barbecue sauce stuff. I mean, normally ribs, you want to cook slow for like 10, 12 hours. But in a pressure cooker, I did it in like at pressure 35 minutes. So all told with like finishing it in the oven, it was like an hour, hour and a half. Um, But I had to pull out my instant pot because it only holds so much like it's a you know 
pressure cooker. It's like a big rice cooker. Um, right. And mom has two. So I actually used all three of them to get all those ribs in. That's great. But uh, yeah, just in terms right. of kitchen. Well, I kitchen think gadgets. I think that I'm going to look for, I'm definitely, my biggest thing that I'll spend money on is um, storage for my Plex server. I think that looking for some Mm, hard drive space yeah i mean that's that's going to be my thing hopefully i can find good deals and and i'll buy a couple i Um, mean you've still got some open space on your walls in your game room are you going to get some more tvs no i'm you know i i I had thought about that back then but i I think i'm i think i'm good not because i (laughs) I, I couldn't use eventually it's like the tv section of best buy there's just tvs everywhere all showing the same everywhere yeah no yeah i'm 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 buying these other stuff and and i'm looking to buy a new car so that's oh. put, putting a damper on my that'll put a uh, you know new car payment every every month is puts a damper on buying things. Um, sure, I could look yeah. I could look into a switch. Um, that's difficult simply because the games yes are great. Still, no one has told me anything different than <laughs> Smash Brothers, Breath of the Wild, and Mario since launch. Um, so it's still still to this day only a three games three four game system um and i have you don't want to play uh marvel ultimate alliance 3 but i can get that on playstation oh yeah so right Uh, and um i i have four games sitting out straight on my in front of my tv that i i'm playing right now on playstation so sure sure and those are a plus plus games and there's a billion more catalogs where that come from. So it's t- it's. I mean, I'm not arguing against a switch because I actually would it's, like a switch. It's a tough just, sell, yeah. I just don't right now in this, at this time think that there's a an argument to buy a, a thing. Um, Off air, we talked about the light. It it just depends on whether you're going to use it on the TV. Like for me, I bought the the full original console, and I'm glad that I did because that my you know peak usage of it was that weekend that I bought it and the light didn't come out for another like 2 months. Yeah. But for my use case, I probably could have gotten away with the light um and just use my PlayStation when I want to play stuff on the TV. Yeah. Um you know, I've not well, After I like that the, I like the option. I I, I like cuz yeah, I right now I yeah. have the the Apple Arcade and I can play it on I can play with my controller on my iPad Air, but but I'd like to, when I'm sitting in the living room, I just realized I don't care that this little thing is sitting on the, t- on the, the table and I can play it. I'd rather that be on that big TV. Yeah. Right. Like that, that's when I would, if I'm playing Breath of the Wild and I have it in my hand and I want to play Breath of the Wild and I'm home, why do I want to sit here and play it on, on this little bitty screen? I should look into, and this might be a thing you could keep an eye out for, but I, I wonder what the, what the support controller support is. On the Apple TV with Apple Arcade, wonder uh, what they're doing. That's a really good question. That. I don't. I don't know if like if you. I think you should be able to use a. It's I don't know the, why you wouldn't be able to use a PlayStation controller. The the Apple TV is, it's very expensive compared to the other systems, especially when you're just looking at the sticks, which are mm-hmm. practically free. Um, but like a, you know, the decent 4K Roku box or Fire TV box is, is approaching that price and usability on on the apple tv is just for aside from the remote which i think is and a lot of people think is poorly designed but mm-hmm. um other i mean the not that the fire tv remote is all that great it's just a normal typical remote with bu- right. weird buttons but um for 
for all of the other stuff it does the screen mirroring and uh oh the, hey, the siri voice speaking search speaking of of fire stick tv not to interrupt you but i just had to get remember no, this is the uh i opened up my amazon uh videos prime videos or app and okay. now you now you can cast to that the big feud that amazon did not want to let you cast to chromecast has now ended oh i yeah. don't remember i got a chromecast first yeah and and then i bought a roku box like the roku 3 mm-hmm. and then i think 2 years ago i got an apple tv that might have even been last year um i just the apple tvs were on sale on groupon uh for black friday and i was like you know what i'm going to do this it's i've got apple you know ipad iphone mac computer like it's going to be easiest to just mirror not that the chrome chromecast mirroring from the chrome browser has gotten pretty usable so right yeah it's, you can you can accomplish what you want to do i just like the i like the apps and stuff in the apple tv they have most of the best support except for weird issues they have with amazon i mean i really i really thought that that um i would get when I was doing the TV thing, this is another reason it was relevant. When I was going to do the TV thing on the wall, my original intention was to buy cheap smartphones or smart TVs and get uh, Chromecasts for them. Right. Um, the, the, but the, the the only downside to that was that um, I you couldn't cast the Amazon. Device. Oh, well, I, gotcha. I couldn't cast Amazon cast to Prime, them. yeah. Yeah, so I could do everything else. I could cast Netflix, I could cast Plex, I could cast anything, but I couldn't cast Amazon. And it, but if I got a Fire TV, it did all those things and Amazon. So mm. that was Amazon's, that's what they did. That's why they did it. They did it so that you would have to buy their things to use their stuff and not buy other people's things. Um, and in that, in my case, it worked because that's what I did. But now it, they had, you know, you open up the app and it says, here, you can now cast now. It was a little pop-up thing that, that told me to do that. And it showed the cast at the bottom. I was like, well, they finally gave up the goat, which is good on them, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, all you're hurting is yourself and consumers at that point. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, that was that was super cool and silly and stupid little things. But, sure. you know, it's kind of like one of we had a conversation on the air is that media... When you buy a media, it should be for everything. It's one of those not you know no-brainer things that should happen. And then when it finally happens, you're like, of course, finally, you listen. Yeah, it's like the the technology has gotten so much better compared to like you know 30 years ago. You'd buy it on VHS, you buy a VCR, and aside from like picking what VCR, I mean, I guess that's the one part of it that has it's at least seemingly less complicated. Because only because the ecosystems are all closed. Like you start at the top and you say, well, what do I want? I have these four options. And yes, there are other ones, but you really have Apple, Chromecast, Roku, and Amazon Fire. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I have my opinions on all of those, but once you pick those, then you have a choice of hardware. And the choice of hardware is pretty straightforward. Like, do you want the newest one or do you want a generation or two earlier that's going to be cheaper. They're all kind of following that Apple model, except for Fire, which has smart TVs and sticks. Like, they have more devices that they're kind of running in parallel. Right. My, my girlfriend As opposed to, just... you know, 30 years ago, you'd like, which VCR do I want? Do I want a Panasonic? Do I want an RCA? Right. Do I want a Toshiba? And they were all basically the same. 
Right. Um, so then it was just a matter of price and reliability and how soon you wanted to have to buy another one when it started eating your tapes. Right. Um, My, uh, to yes, where... Oh, wait. But, but any VCR would play any tape. Like, once the VHS Betamax thing shook out, which I don't remember, um, it was all the same until DVDs came on the scene, which was 15 years later. So for 15 years, everything was the same. You couldn't, you know, set the timer, but you know that just gave fodder to stand-up comedians for 15 years <laughs> right now you're like okay which which device do i have what will run on that well most everything like netflix will run on anything but yeah. you're like well what's this well it's only on amazon prime well okay prime will run on this but we can't do it on this i could watch it on my phone but i can't cast it okay well what movie right. we want to watch this movie what's that movie on well, it's on, I've got this, but it's on movies anywhere. So I got it like that part of it is so much more complicated than it used to be. Yeah. And the, it's, it's often it's, frustrating. I, uh, I, my girlfriend was talking to me the other day and she was, she, we were talking about Plex and, and she was going to see my server and stuff. And I was, I was like, well, you can cast. I was like, well, you know, we can, I, I was going to, she was like, well, are you going to, because I was thinking about taking my uh, Chromecast to my sister's for Thanksgiving so we could watch some of my, some of my movies instead of bringing them. And I said, I'm just going to bring my Chromecast. And I was, I was telling her that she could cast from Plex from her phone. And she was like, well, is it available on my TV? And I said, well, probably. And she's, she, her question was like, why, why do you ever cast? I don't understand. She'd never cast before anything. Mm. And she was like, why, why would you cast? I don't know why you would do that. Isn't everything just on the TV smart T everything's are smart TVs now. Right. And I really didn't have an answer to that. It was like, yeah, pretty much everything that comes today, you don't need to cast Netflix. Every TV comes with it. Right. And it's, right? Actually, depending on the app, like I was unable to cast. What did I try to do? Oh, well, our internet here was really bad for about a week, and so I did offline. Right, you can download some things from some apps in some circumstances, and I downloaded episodes of Stranger Things season three, and I was like, if I have them downloaded on my phone or my iPad, then I can cast them to the TV, and we don't need the good internet to get the good quality, right? Because we were getting really poor quality, like almost unwatchable. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't cast downloaded videos on Netflix. And I'm like, okay, well then why won't you let me download them on the Apple TV? So that <laughs> I don't have to, but that's Netflix. Um, and yeah, I think the casting for me is... Um, it's for things that, well, it's for things that don't have an app, right? If you're watching something right on a website, which in a handful of cases means you're watching something, you know, on a shady, like streaming site or whatever, um, right. you know, some Russian website or whatever. But if you're like my parents every so often want to watch, uh, a live, uh, streamed church service. Well, that might be on YouTube, but it's probably just on their website in like a Vivo player or something like that. You either have to use the browser in the smart TV, which is often a real hassle to use, or you just cast it from your phone or computer. True. Um, so it's niche cases like that. Or, I mean, the Chromecast, that's all it does. 
right? It doesn't have any interface. Right. Um, so that's the that's the, the case just, there. If you don't a have a smart TV or your smart TV is old or has old software, it's not updated right. or whatever, it's easier to just run it from your phone. Right. Um, at the, at the, uh, but at, in the future, probably next five years-ish, then we will see less and less reasons to cast anything. I mean, unless you said like it's a, it's a, a software like Plex, which Plex is actually wide enough where everybody has it now. But It, it stands to reason that the that the software in smart TVs is going to get better. Right. And, and that'll become less necessary. Right. Well, all right. We, we got a lot this week. We'll have to yeah. put a couple of these next week. I know I want to talk to you about, I started playing black desert online. I know you played it for a mm-hmm. while and mm-hmm. have much more experience than I do. Um, we've got, still got yep. that square our, Enix, um, or Enix, whatever you want to say it. Marvel game, Marvel game. Our friends Hearthstone, are still, you, you've are got still to tell me about well. that. I'm we dying got, about uh, that. Although we Hearthstone Battlegrounds, is that out for other people now, right? Like starting in two days, I think, or tomorrow. I think in a in a couple of days it'll be out. It's it's interesting. Looking at the panel, it seemed much more straight auto chess than it ended up being. It's still very Hearthstone. Um, I didn't quite understand how some of the traditional mechanics like Battlecry and and some of that were going to work in this format. Yeah. Um, there's also there's some kind of system about how the cards attack which which other cards and how that worked i played two games and did very badly at it very yeah. poorly and it kind of turned me off a little bit but maybe i'll have some time this week to try it again and uh yeah if, if it's out this week see. then i'll definitely give it a shot I'll, I'll put put some take some time off from black desert and and play some some hearthstone battlegrounds that'll be pretty fun maybe we can get a couple of our friends for like on sunday night or something yeah to, to all play it okay man cool cool we saved some lives today Cool, cool. You have been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 116. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you like Star Trek role-playing or Star Trek role-playing, check out our other show. It's called Klingons and Dragons. You can find it on the podcast apps or go to KlingonsDragons.com. It's not safe for work. We just put up a new episode last week, uh, starting another, another story arc. Michael was... Uh, inebriated (laughs) (laughs) if you have questions or comments feedback on the show you can email us frontporchpod at gmail.com or go to our website frontporchpodcast.com we've got contact forms comments on all the episodes uh, show notes where appropriate i put links to those games we talked about last week board games we got the schedule for the 100 movies it's always subject to change but have kind of a rough idea if you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever podcasts are found. Thanks as always for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>